Welcome back, everybody, to the Rooted and Logos podcast, episode number 70. My name is Brad. I'm joined, as always, by my dear friend and co-conspirator, Austin. Austin, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing excellent. Good. It's a beautiful day. It's a gorgeous day out. I'm awake. Yeah. Yeah, I've been going for about three hours already i mean we're, we're recording at 10 o'clock this morning yeah it's not too bad saturday morning and and uh i've been going since about seven had worship team practice this morning at church that's right and, yeah you know just uh in, enjoying a busy schedule for the most part yeah for the most part till i have to write a paper and then i'm just like this is dumb <laughs> so. Anyway, uh, so episode number 70. We are mm-hmm. inching ever closer to that illustrious triple-digit number. 100. We are getting close. I, cool. I, I expect us to be there hopefully by the end of the year. It does mean uh, we'll have to do a couple episodes a week here and there. Yeah. Throw some extra bonus stuff in, but that's for after I graduate. We'll talk about that yeah, later. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. But for now, you know, we're going to stick with our format, but uh, I'm going to try and get to 100 by the end of the year. That would be that's pretty That's kind cool. of my goal. So that'd be fun. 100 episodes in two years? Or a year and a half, I guess. About a year and a half, yeah, because yeah. we started in June, I think. Yeah. So, was yeah. it June? Uh, Yeah. Gosh, I think it was. Or... Or May. May. It was we May. We started May. So, about a year and seven months. If yeah. we, we get 100 episodes, that'd be kind of cool. Not too bad. Yeah. Anyway. So, episode 70. I don't know. I, I don't have a transition. <clears throat> All right. So, we are... <laughs> What are we dealing with? What are we, what doing, are we dealing what are we with today? right now? Yeah, no. So we are a week removed from one of the biggest decisions in American politics yep. to date. Uh, one of the best decisions in American politics to date, the, the overturning of Roe v. Wade. And obviously, we spent a good hour and a half last week discussing that with Simon. We could do that again today because I have a lot more thoughts and a lot more things. I, I want to argue, or not argue, but I want to bring up one argument that really bothered me that we didn't mention last week, if that's okay with you, just yeah. to kind of get us rolling. So a friend of ours, Lindsay, posted a video uh, on Facebook. It was a TikTok of a girl who has been in foster care. I believe she was adopted at one point in her life. And just talking about how this argument that, well, abortion should be legal and on demand and, and without apology because of the foster care system, because of the kids in the system. Right. You don't care for them, whatever. So I'm actually going to play this TikTok. Uh the name on this is at politically based Becca. That is her Twitter or her TikTok handle. So I want to give her credit for this because yeah. it's not our material. But yeah. politically based Becca posted this, and I really want you all to think about this. And and if you find yourself making this argument or thinking this argument sounds valid, or you don't have an answer for this argument, listen to this and see what you think after hearing this. It's about a minute and a half long. So here is Politically Based Becca. I have made this video before and I'm going to do it again because with recent events, I think it needs to be reiterated. I am a former foster care kid and an adoptee, and if you are using the foster care system as a means to promote abortion, stop. You are basically telling the hundreds of thousands of kids in the system that they should have been prevented. If you truly care about us, you'd be advocating for a better system, not just to have us aborted. Foster care system and adoption are not the same thing. The main goal of the foster care system is reunification. In fact, the majority of the kids in the foster care system are not adoptable. And if your stance is that the pro-lifers need to do more, guess what? They do. They statistically do the most. They foster more, they adopt more, and they donate more. My trauma and their trauma is not yours to use in a politically motivated stance that does nothing to actually help us. Abortion has been legal since 1973, and yet... The foster care system has only gotten worse. If you are pro-choice and you are using the foster care system as an argument, find a different argument. Amen, sister. Yeah. I I don't know anything else about her. I don't... Sorry for that text message, by the way, that jumped in there, but I'm not going to edit it out because whatever. It's fine. Uh, No, I don't know anything else about her. I've never seen another one of her videos. I've never... I don't know her political stance. I don't know her, you know, her stance on Christianity or just religion in general. Yeah. Didn't even know who she was until I saw uh, her name is Becca. Apparently that, that's yeah. all I got. But that is an argument that I have heard. Obviously we've all heard multiple times and yeah. we hear it constantly, especially after this last week of, of Roe being overturned. I never thought of it from that angle. Right. Even as someone who has dealt with the foster care system in the past and, right. and our church that's heavily involved in the foster care system, I've been around it. Still never really thought of that, that that is what you're telling these people. They should have died. They should have died. They yeah. should have never been born. Yeah. Granted, is their life tough? 
Absolutely. Do do they have struggles? Absolutely. Do they deserve to be killed because of that? No. No. Give them a chance. Give them a chance. Yeah. I understand there's going to be suffering. But guess what? I've suffered in life, and, and I'm not a foster kid. Austin's suffered in life. He's not a foster. We all have suffering on some level. Yeah. Doesn't validate murder. Doesn't validate ending a life. Right. So no life is better than life. That just logic. That's there's just none there. Yeah. So. If you run across that argument with one of the people you work with, because my guess, again, is if you're making that argument, you're probably not listening to us. Right. But if you run across that argument, you keep seeing it, find that video or just remember what she said in that video and use that argument because that that right there should end that discussion. Right. Pro-life people absolutely do the most for foster care kids yep. and, and for uh, kids who are up for adoption. Well, and the big one she said was abortion has been legal since the 70s and the foster care system has only plummeted and gotten worse. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So literally that whole argument is debunked right there. Yeah. And that's a conversation maybe we could get into one day down the road with someone who is heavily involved in that and, and just show them what, okay, what is it like in the trenches? And what's yeah. it like right now, 2022 or 2023, what is going on in the foster care system and how can we help and what can be done to be, to, to make this better? Right. So different conversation, but I just want to point that out because that was kind of bugging me this week. I'm like, man, we really should have brought that up, and we didn't. So, yeah, because true. I didn't th- think of it. Like, honestly, we had a lot of topics. <laughs> we had a lot of topics, and there were so many more things we could say. And like I said, we could do another <clears throat> month of just talking about that and debunking. Yeah, it. we could, and we might come back to that that argument or that uh, topic at some point in the near future. But yeah. for now, we are going to move on. So, we we laid out a few weeks back. Austin and I kind of laid out our plan moving forward and kind of where we're going to go. We had the next couple months planned out. And we're kind of alternating between, you know, a Bible topic and then just kind of a general topic. And so this week, we're going to kind of start going through some parables. And we want to start going through some of Jesus' teachings. And, and some of them are self-explanatory. And we may not even discuss those. We may discuss some of the more difficult ones. But we have it kind of laid out. This week, we're going to talk about the parable of the weeds, or the, or the was it the wheat and tares? Wheat and tares. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. We find that in Matthew chapter thirteen, verses twenty four through thirty, and then the explanation is in verses thirty six through forty three. And so we're going to read both of those passages. We're going to talk about this parable, and we're going to discuss it and kind of dissect its meaning. But first, we had this topic picked out a few weeks back. You know, a number of weeks back. A couple months ago, actually. Yeah, and. <laughs> Again, just like the Roe v. Wade situation with abortion and, and, and whatnot, we had situations come up this week where we felt like this is a valid topic. Yeah. So, Austin, I want to go back to the video that you posted a couple days ago, I think, on Facebook or yeah. in Rooted in Logos time a week ago on Facebook, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just talking about Facebook fights. Now, we're not going to get any names. We're not going to talk about specific posts. Right. Uh, I, I want to, but Austin says it's not a good idea. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> totally kidding. No, but we want, we want to talk a little bit about why this parable is, is kind of important today and what we're seeing on Facebook and, and what we're seeing through this progressive Christianity and through this uh, movement of deconstruction. And Austin, go ahead and kind of dive into just a brief little recap of the video you shared and, and why it relates to this parable. Yeah, definitely. Um, looking at, one, Facebook, <laughs> just how much I, I hate social media. If we could go back to, you know, sending ravens and pigeons for messages, I'd be totally okay with that. I would. That'd be awesome. But unfortunately, this is this is what we've got. And looking at Facebook as the the public forum of the day, as it is the town square, and, and, and I, I proposed it even as the synagogue of the day. It is where people go to share their opinions, hence the, the, the public square. But it is also where people go to share their, their religious convictions and beliefs. So, hence the synagogue. Now, what we get to is the actual argumentative part on Facebook. And what does scripture say to Christians that we're supposed to do? Well, Christians are supposed to be non-argumentative. We're supposed to right. be kind and gentle with our words. Um, speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. Yeah. We we are not meant to be a people that are always arguing all the time. 
And, and just bitter. And bitter, It yeah. turns us bitter. Yep. Facebook turns us bitter beyond, beyond just the religious aspect of it. Yeah. Facebook can turn us bitter. Yeah. But, yes, if, we as a, if you as a Christian are consistently wanting to be argumentative and, and wanting to cause strife and, and just stir the pot and just see where the... That makes you bitter. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Makes you not pleasant to be around. It hurts your witness. Anyway, I digress. Continue. Anyway, yeah. And so... Oh, real quick, too. I will say, we've all been guilty of this, by the way. At least I have. Getting into heated arguments on Facebook that does eventually hurt your witness. Like, I've had to go back and apologize. Not necessarily for my opinions or my feelings on scripture or this particular issue. Not necessarily for the opinions that I have or the values or beliefs that I hold. But the way in which I expressed them. You know, I, I've had to go back many times and apologize and say, look... I got yeah. a little excited on that one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Like that's not how I should react. It should be a loving conversation, not you know, it shouldn't go beyond that. Right. So yeah. anyway, sorry. Continue. Anyway, so where where we get that is uh, Titus chapter three, uh, verse nine. It says, "But avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. As for a person who stirs up division." After warning him once, and then twice, have nothing more to do with him. Knowing that such a person is warped and sinful, he is self-condemned. So yeah, we are not to be quarrelsome. We're not supposed to spread division, right? Right. Arguing on Facebook is, is generally pretty unprofitable. It is unfruitful. But what we are talking about is... When fellow believers, fellow proclaiming Christians, posting things online that are anti-biblical, anti-scripture, uh, anti-Christ, things that ha- are have everything not to do with God, and when they post that and we read that, you have two options. One, to read it and say, ooh, that sounds awful, I'm not going to do anything about it. And then what happens? Okay, other people read it, either unbelievers or weak fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, and they read that and be like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that, I didn't think about that, so let me re- look into it. It's a stumbling stone. That brother or sister set a stumbling stone and is now pointing someone down a way that they should not go. So, what Mis- are we supposed to do? Pointing them down to misguided ideas at best, and heresy at worst. Exactly. And... and, and- there's a fine line between those two it things. It is very like, fine it, line. It's a very quick jump from a misguided belief to a heresy. Right. It's a very, very, just, it, it a blink of an eye and you're there. You've right. crossed that line. So that's why, just to kind of caveat what you were saying, that's why this is important. Is because right. Because it is such a, especially for someone who's weaker in their faith, hasn't had, hasn't been a Christian long, or hasn't had the opportunity to study the way they, they need to, or whatever. Right. Or the training, or haven't set under biblical teaching the way they need to. That's why this is important because it, it it starts off innocently enough like oh that's an interesting take that right for someone and, and I'm not trying to what for someone like Austin and myself we could probably see that that's an interesting take let me look into it and then we're like oh that's terrible and we kind of move move on right as opposed to someone who is new believer or hasn't really had much biblical teaching in their lives or whatever looks at oh that's a really interesting take I haven't thought of that let me look into it oh this is great I yeah. feel like this is wonderful I yeah and yeah then the, yeah. That progresses very fast. Yeah. And, and what basically what we're doing, uh, Brad and my, our stance on things like this is we see a stumbling stone. What are we going to do? We're going to go put a giant sign in front of that stumbling stone and stay, stay away from this. Yeah. And, and it's not necessarily we, we're yelling at people saying this person's evil. No. What we're doing is, one, we are going to that said brother or sister that, that said this, and we're saying, hey... This is not biblical, and here is why, and this is where we find that in Scripture that says this is not biblical. So one, we are we are rebuking publicly that person. Now you might hear that and say, "Oh no, you're not supposed to do that. You're you're supposed to take them off to the side and address them." It's like there there is a time and place for that, but there is a time and place to publicly rebuke when someone is teaching. Teaching scripture, teaching biblical concepts in public for everyone else to hear, when they get something borderline heretical or just flat out heretical, it is your job to stop right then and there and rebuke them publicly for everyone to hear. And we have biblical 
precepts for that. That is in Galatians, where Paul is talking about his public rebuke of Peter, about how uh, Peter was eating with the Gentiles, but then some of the Jews that came from James showed up, and he backed away from them, and he made it look like he was having nothing to do with them. And Paul witnessed this, and it even says that it was it was leading Barnabas astray. And so what did Paul do? He rebuked him in front of everybody and said, what you're doing is not right. It is not good. And it is against scripture. He said, this is against, this is against the scriptures. So he, he addressed him publicly as we are to do. So what does that look like? That's, <laughs> That's a good question. Cause that could go down a very dangerous path. It could. If, yeah. If you become legalistic or, or, uh, uh, I don't know if legalistic is the right word here. Um, overbearing with it or if you right. become dog not even dogmatic in a negative sense right exactly. it's okay to be dogmatic in some area but like right. dogmatic in a negative way in a, in a pushy right aggressive there we go aggressive aggressive yeah. way yes so again we go back to scripture what is it called what are we called to do as brothers and sisters in christ we are we are called to be loving we're we're called to be salt and light to the world salt for taste but also salt for preservation of the word so what that means is you come to that brother and sister publicly and say, hey, look, this is not correct. This is not biblical. This is the scripture to back this up saying that this is not biblical. And this is what we're supposed to do with it. And again, like we've talked about this many times through many different episodes, how it is not us who is going to change anyone's mind or change the heart of man. It's God. But how does God do it? By his word. Plain. The word of God. Hebrews, yeah. it says it, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of bone and marrow and to the heart of man. So what we do is we are presenting scripture to our fellow brothers and sisters. We're, again, love believes all things. If they proclaim and profess Christianity, they are that we're taking them for what they say. And so we are presenting this, praying that, all right, Lord... Please open their minds, soften their hearts to Scripture. Now, if that doesn't happen, and if they continue down that path, that is no longer your concern. That is completely up to God. That is them working out their own salvation with fear and trembling. What is up to you now is to help direct people away from that stumbling stone and say, okay, I've addressed him publicly, I've rebuked him publicly. Now I'm facing towards the crowd and saying, hey, this is not biblical. This is why. This is where we find it. You know, you you go about this like you said. You saturate it with scripture, right? And and you don't go at that person and attack their character. Mm-hmm. You don't go at that person and attack them personally. Right. You don't you blankety blank 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 whatever. Like you don't go at you don't go after them personally. That right. that's my thing is, is I've seen Christians who in probably with good motivation behind it are attempting to engage in this conversation and, and point out the, the errors of these, but they do it in a very aggressive way where it ends up attacking that person's character, attacking their morals, attacking. And, and yes, we need to speak truth, mm-hmm. but there's that last little line there that says in love. Right. Right. And so we are to do it in a loving way and say, look, I, I am telling you this because I don't want you to cross over into heresy. Right. I don't want you to be on the wrong side of this because right. this is important. Right. And you're important to me. Right. Right. Whether I know you or, or even like you or not, you don't say that to them. But in your mind, you think whether I like this person or not or whether I, they should be important to you. Right. And their soul should be important to you and their beliefs should be important to you, especially if they are professing Christ. Right. Because not only does it lead them astray their own that they are walking astray they're bringing others with them because right. this sounds good yeah right and so you go at it from that angle of like right. this is why i am telling you this is because i care about what you believe right and i care about you not getting into this dangerous territory in these dangerous waters right and that's what you do Right, because you speak the truth, you're stern with it. You say unequivocally, "This is what the Bible says. Yeah. This is why what you just said is wrong." Right, but I'm doing it because I care about you and I want you to believe the right things. Right, well, and and there is there is a big difference between in love and niceness. Yeah, and we are called to be loving, but nowhere in Scripture does it say we're called to be nice. We're called to be kind and gentle and gentle. Yep, but the <laughs> the the way I've heard it 
put is the 11th commandment is thou shalt be nice. Well, no, that's not true. <laughs> and so we are called to do it in love as in, I love you. So I, I am, I need to address this because I, I do care about you and yeah. I care for your eternal well-being. Yeah. In love, because I not only care about you, but I also care about the people that are listening to you and I love them and I don't want them to stumble. So that is through love. So I, I'll read this excerpt actually from Paul. Okay. And it doesn't sound very nice. So this is uh, Galatians chapter 3, uh, verse 14. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas, or Peter, before them all, if you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like a Jew? I read that and I'm like, I, I can he- almost hear the tone from Paul. Not anger, but definitely upset, definitely fr- probably frustrated with Peter. Like, how could you do this? Like, you followed the Christ around for three years, learning from him. He has given you visions that we read about in Acts of um, saying that all, all people are equal. Uh, everything that I have created is, is equal and, and is good and it is profitable. And, is, and, and I, I can see that from Paul. Like, Peter, are you kidding me? And then he says, I said to Peter before them all, if you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? He he didn't come up to him and say, "Hey, hey Peter, you know, man, if you if you like though a Jew live like a Gentile, you know, I mean, you know, no, no, he was he was straight to the point. He wasn't nice, but he was loving. He was loving to Peter and to everyone else around him when he was addressing him. And and that is what we need to do. That is the way we need to address it. So going back to the point, um, and we, we bring this up because it was prevalent this this past week. We, we both Brad and I got on uh, one of the posts, and ba- basically it was a, a fellow brother or sister that was basically not looking at scripture with the high view that they should, right? And um, and really to the point of not believing that scripture is infallible, and so we were addressing that and my two biggest things are the errancy of scripture and life. If, if I see that as being pushed the wrong way by fellow brothers and sisters, not, I'm not talking about right, worldly course. people, unbelievers that, that is unprofitable. You share the truth with them and pray that God opens their heart and mind. I'm talking about believers. If you see a fellow believer that is out there shouting, you know, I, I believe in choice for, for women and stuff like that. It's like, no, we go to scripture. We rebuke them publicly if they're teaching publicly. Right. Yeah. Now, if it's just a view they have, then yeah, you can go to them separately, go to them in person and say, hey, let's talk. Let's talk about it. <laughs> right. But when they're doing it publicly, it needs to be rebuked publicly. Well, and that leads me to think or to kind of explain one of the next little series we're going to do as we kind of go through parables. We're also going to have another series kind of coming alongside of it, talking about different false false teachers, specific names, and also some religions that we want to kind of discuss and just kind of show the differences in what they believe. And and we are going to call some people out by name. And yeah. we've well, heck, we've done it before. Yeah. <laughs> and we're gonna keep doing it. But we're gonna talk we're gonna have an episode on the people similar to Joel Osteen mm-hmm. and and Kenneth Copeland, these prosperity, health, wealth yeah. preachers, Benny Hinn, faith healers. We're gonna talk about some of these things. I want to spend some time talking about Bethel and what their belief system is. I want to spend some time about Elevation and what Stephen Furtick does. And we're going to talk about things that are going to make people uncomfortable and they're going to maybe upset. Like, wow, they really don't like this person. I really do. Ah, what do I, you know, but we want you to think because again, we care about what you believe and what you're being fed. Right. <clears throat> and that's the whole point of the Facebook. That's the whole point of, of, of us and I jumping in on that one. I mean, I was significantly less jumping in than Austin was, which is fine. Like I wasn't, you know, it's not a shot at Austin by any means. Like he, he said some things that were solid and man, they were on point. Another one of our friends did the same thing. And absolutely. I just kind of was like, Hey, here's a question. Right. right. (laughs) Just think about this, you know, um, mainly because I was at work actually during that. And so I didn't have a ton (laughs) of time to do anything about it, but, or to say much more about it. But anyway, that's beside the point. So, 
I say all that, or we say all that to say this. We're going to talk about the parable of the of the uh, weeds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's why we're here, right? <laughs> um, I want to read an, a message that your wife sent us in our group chat. I, 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 I assume she'd be okay with this. Probably. Yeah. If so. she puts it out, she's probably okay with all it right. being public. So we were just kind of, we were discussing this particular issue and, and, you know, not making light of it, but just kind of being like, man, this is kind of serious. Like here's what some of the, some people are starting to believe and what they're starting to say is something like to the effect of the Bible is only inspired by God, but not written by him. Jesus didn't actually approve of some of these things. Just, he just liked the point of it. You know, my life experiences have taught me to be nice. Unlike your Jesus book. Why don't you join me as we logic together and lead others astray? Mm -hmm. Like some of that just kind of mentality of, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't exactly. feel nice. It doesn't make. It doesn't give me the warm fuzzies. It, it kind of makes me a little uncomfortable, and it kind of goes against how I want to live. That that's it. So I don't yeah. really like it. So I'm going to say that oh, it's not valid. And then she said on a serious note, and Emily again, if you don't want me to do this, stop sending me things. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm just going to leave now. <laughs> I, I'm kidding. I, I do think she'd be okay with this. But, yeah, she's uh, yeah, She said, while I believe, she goes, on a serious note, I believe we are seeing a very real separation of wheat and chaff. Mm. I think it's also truly revealing the Christians, air quotes, who are clinging to, air quotes, their God, little g, while saying they worship the God, yes. big G. Yes. Many seem to be crying, Lord, Lord, which is a reference to Matthew 7, uh, or not Matthew 7, um... Matthew 7, yeah. <laughs> Matthew 7, where it says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. And so I, I I thought this was interesting that we had talked, we were planning on talking about the wheat, the parable of the wheat and the weeds, and this all came up. And, and yeah. we're talking about this idea of Lord, Lord. And, and I started to write a couple things on here, and I ended up not doing it, because um, again, my I was at work, and my thoughts got a little jumbled in, in the midst of trying to do that and work at the same time. Right. But it... it uh, this type of situation made Matthew 7 a lot less scary for me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because we talk about how not everyone says to me, Lord, Lord, we're under the kingdom of heaven. That could be a scary verse for Christians. Oh, yeah. And that could be a scary... And we're going to talk about that verse at some point in the near future. Actually, we did. We did an we episode did. on that. We did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> but it gave me a new thought on this on that passage of yeah. like, man, it, it makes me less concerned about myself it honestly and my it, salvation it boosts me be, right it, it makes me feel more secure it does because i know and this is not a this is a god thing not a brad thing uh, yeah but yeah. i know that i am making an effort to stick to scripture and to understand its meaning and to be rooted in it and not let my feelings and my emotions and my life experiences taint the actual meaning of scripture and what it says, and its inerrancy, and its, its infallibility. Where we are starting to see these weeds and chaff being separated is in this deconstruction movement. And this removal of the validity of scripture. Yeah. Right? And that's that 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 scares me. Right. Not for my own salvation, because right. that is, I'm working that out with fear and trembling. Right. But for my brothers and sisters, and those who claim Christ, and those who truly believe they are on the right side of this, but when they get before the throne, might find out otherwise. Yes. Yeah. And that terrifies me for them. Yeah. Because no matter whether I like you, don't like you, you've hurt me, you've wronged me, no matter what that, no matter the scenario that you and I have personally, or that you and I have as like a general, I just don't think you're a good person, like whatever, whatever my opinions are, I love you and I want you in heaven with me. Yes. Right? Yes. We've had our falling outs or we've whatever, or you're a public figure and you've said something that I don't agree with and I just don't think you're a, <laughs> a great human being. Right. Or, I mean, let's just, a Nancy Pelosi figure who yeah. I think is evil. Yeah. I want her changed and I want her in yes. heaven with me. Yes. Right? Like, I want her to repent. I don't want her to stay the way she is. But I want her to repent and, and realize the error of her ways. And, and, and that's the same way with me. That's the same way with us. Like, yeah. I want us to repent, see the error of our ways, and I want us in heaven together. Whether yes. I like you right now or not, or whether I agree with you right now or not. Yes. So that's why this is important to me. And that's why that verse, Matthew 7, that we just talked about, doesn't scare me as much as it used to when I was weaker in my faith. Exactly. Yeah. Because I understand now... That's talking about people who are claiming Christ and yet are still deconstructing and are still walking down this progressive road. Yes. 
This is not going anywhere where I thought it was going to today, by the way. <laughs> we haven't even talked about the, the parable of the weeds. Yeah, we might not even be able to actually list it as the headline of the yeah. episode. We'll just, just call it a conglomeration. It's fine. Yeah, so, I don't know. That's just where I thought yeah. where my head was this morning and, and kind of... Not well, that's been our, our thought process for definitely this past week, for sure. Yeah. But, yeah, that for you and me, that's where our... Our mindsets. What I mean, why are we doing this? Why are we doing the podcast? We are we are physically doing what we can with God is what God has gifted us to try to wake our fellow brothers and sisters up so that they are not the ones that when they enter the throne room that Christ looks and looks at them and says, "I never knew you." Right. And because we love you guys and, and we don't want that to happen. The right. the Stephen Furtick. So if if I ever had an opportunity to actually confront him publicly rebuke but actually talk to him oh, man i would take it absolutely i would take it and praying lord give me the words to speak that i'd speak him boldly and that he would come to re- realize the things that he has been saying that are unbiblical and doctrinal and antichrist right. you know it, it's it's a similar you've echoed this sentiment before but it it bothers me so much more when someone like that who is doing it in the name of christ yeah is saying some of these things that they say yeah. and, and are putting out and teaching the things they're teaching. Right. Nancy Pelosi, I don't, I think she came, claims Catholicism, but I don't think she claims Christ. Right. And so like, yes, I find a lot of what she says vile and evil. I expect that from her. And so like, do I like it? No. Do I agree with it? No. Do I think I want her to, yes, but like my ire and my, my righteous anger, so to speak, yeah. Goes more after someone like Stephen Furtick or Benny Hinn or Joel Osteen, well, and because why, they are claiming Christ, and they they're are leading, and they're leading people, people astray. Astray, yeah. yeah. And and yeah. that's where we have to find that balance of yeah. being nice and being speaking the truth in love, especially with the with the Dan- I don't know why I brought her up, but with the Nancy Pelosi's <laughs> of the world, right? And speaking the truth in love and and being bold and 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 being. Like, no, this is truth. Yeah. And making a stand and making a hard stand, but also having that compassion for that person because they don't know Christ. Right. Versus the a little more bold, a little more aggressive approach I think we need to be taking with those who claim Christ, claim to follow him and his teachings, and yet are leading people down a path. Exactly. We yeah. need to be more aggressive, a little more bulldogish on that. Publicly. Yeah. And not nice. Right. So. Yeah. Anyway, Matthew 13. Yeah, Matthew 13. You, re- you read the... Uh... I'll read the parable. You read the explanation. Yep, sounds good to me. So Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 through 30, the parable of the weeds. He put another parable before them saying, this is Jesus speaking, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came to him and said, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the harvest time I will tell the reapers, Gather the weeds first and bind them in the bundles to be burned. But gather the wheat into my barn. That is the parable of the weeds, verses 24 through 30 of Matthew chapter 13. And then later on, verses uh, 36 through 43, Jesus explains that parable. And Austin is going to read that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So instead of us jumping in and explaining it, how about we just let the the Son of God explain it? Right. (laughs) Uh, Verse 36. Then he left the crowds and went into the house, and his disciples came to him, saying, Explain us the parable of the weeds of the field. He answered, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. And the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The son of man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and through them throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous shall shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who hears, let him hear. 
or he who has ears, let him hear. Verses 41 through 43 are the reason why we get so passionate about seeing people who claim Christ and yet are leading people astray. Yeah. It's because of verses 41 through 43, because that is the fate that awaits those who do not put their faith in the God of the Bible. Yes. Not their own God, not their feel-good, fuzzy-wuzzy God. Yeah. The God of the Bible. The God of love, mercy, and grace, but the God of justice and wrath and rage. Yeah. And anger and jealousy. The emotions that we, on human terms, think are, are, are scary or bad or, or negative, but they're not. When used in the right way, and God always uses those emotions in the right way. Exactly. So yeah. that, those, those verses, let's read those again, just so you understand what we're dealing with here. 41 through 43, go for it, Austin. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and through them, throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous shall shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. That is why we do this. Yeah. That is why when we see something on on Facebook, when we see something or hear something from the pulpit or hear something from a public figure that, you know, is a prominent preacher, a prominent pastor, when we hear these things that are contrary to this book, that's why we get so fired up. That's why we want to jump on the comment section and say, hey, guys, look, this, this is not... This is not biblical. Yeah. This is not good. We don't need to be going down this path. Yeah. That's why I asked the question, so do you believe in the infallibility and in the inerrancy of Scripture? That's where we need to start. If you don't, okay, we need to have that conversation next. Right. That's right. where we start. Yeah. Why is the Bible reliable? We've done, we've done that the last couple, or last few weeks with apologetics. Why the Bible we believe is reliable and why we can take it at its word. Yeah. Because God preserves it, because... Of, of the just the vast amount of evidence we have for it. But again, why do we do this? Because we want to make sure you are not a weed. Yeah. You are wheat. You are yeah. great. You are a child of the king and you are following the God of the Bible. Yeah. So just to kind of wrap this up, and, and I want to discuss one more issue within this parable that, that I've heard two different sides of. All right. One of those is that we are to preach the gospel, we are to share the gospel to turn weeds to wheat, all right? The other side of it says, weeds are weeds, wheat are wheat. We don't necessarily know who is who, so we just preach. couple of things. First, this does get into some deeper waters. We could go down a big route here. We could go to, into the free will versus predestination route. We could go into the eschatology, like the study of the end times. We could go into that route, too, because it talks about the end of the age. There are so many implications, and so deep this particular parable can go, we're not, we don't have time to get into that. And honestly, I haven't wrapped my mind around the eschatology side of things at, at all. And, and that's the one area of scripture that I've not necessarily avoided on purpose by any means. Like I don't think I've actively said, I don't want to study this, right. but I've just studied other topics. Right. I, I've, just, I've studied the predestination side and free will. I've studied you know, apologetics and tried to go into that route too. Right. And getting into the truth of scripture and the the foundational truths and really shoring those up within my life. And and eschatology for whatever reason has just kind of not been a part of that yet. Right. It will be. And so I do think Austin and I spent behind a little behind the scenes here. <laughs> we spent about 30 minutes of recorded time. We we have it on tape discussing how deep we're going to go into this. And I think we've landed on we're going to brush the surface of this and let you know it can go deeper. It can go so deep. But we're not going to do it because I'm not ready. Yeah. I'm just not. Like, I, I wasn't prepared for it today, but even then, I'm just not ready to... I don't understand it yet. Oh, yeah. And, well, oh, and, I, yeah. and I'm not saying I'm going to understand it fully because I'm not, but I'm just right. saying, like, I don't have enough to even really discuss it right now. Right. right. So I'm not ready. Also, when it comes to the predestination free will, again, behind the scenes, we are going to have... At least one episode on each topic, if not two on each topic, where we're going to bring in a guest that specializes or, or really has good, strong knowledge on both sides of the argument, and we're going to discuss these things with them. And we're going to give them the opportunity to tell us why they believe these ways without us and us doing a lot of interjecting when it comes to like our own thoughts. Right. We want to hear it from somebody else. Right, and, and we're going to do that. So that is on the books. That it, we're going to work on getting people in for that. But we right. haven't 
on our books to do those. Right. So we're not going to dive into that topic on this parable, but we could. Right. <laughs> what I want to say, and, and where I kind of want to leave it, and we can expound on this, but where I kind of want to leave it is, we don't know. The Bible does not say that weeds can turn into wheat in this parable. Right. Okay? So I don't like making that leap. Right. Because it's not here. Do we diminish God's power by saying that? No. I, I Can God change a weed into a piece of wheat? Absolutely. God can do whatever. Yeah, he we're is not God. minimizing his power. So I, I'm not saying that is not accurate. I have opinions on that, but that's a different story. Like, I'm not saying that's not accurate, but I'm saying from this passage. What do we read? What do we read? It's not there. Right. We're not being told that he is miraculously changing a weed to a wheat. Right. Weeds are weeds. Wheat is wheat. Right. My thought on this, based on my reading and based on just studying this passage, we are called to share the gospel, period. We don't know who the wheat, wheat are. We don't know who the weeds are. Right. We are called to share the gospel right. to the masses right. and to speak truth and to proclaim truth and to look for signs that someone who is proclaiming to be a piece of wheat is actually a weed. Right, well, which and, goes back to our Facebook conversation we had at the beginning of this episode, right. looking for those signs to say, okay, this is not something a wheat should believe because it's right. going to lead you down a path where you might not actually be a wheat. Right. That is the not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. Right, and, and we see that. So verse twenty-five. Uh, but while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants, when both of them came up and bore grain, so the the wheat bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. So this is where the angels come and they look and and they can see. The angels know. The angels know, okay, that's wheat and that is weeds. Uh, God, do you want us to rip up the weeds? And God says no. So what we see here is that the believers are producing grain. They have fruit. Okay, biblically, we see that we we know each other by our fruits. Okay, we produce fruits. But what do weeds do? They produce seed. They don't produce fruit. They produce seed. So as the grain is popping out, the weeds are popping out with seeds. It's interesting because in our we just weeded our front bed, our, our front flower bed, and there are these massive weeds. They're they're almost as tall as corn stalks. And as they're growing, it looks like corn. I have it's, a I have it. A big weed on the side of my house that looks like a tree. Oh, nice. Yeah. It might be a tree. It's not. <laughs> tree or weeds. Okay. Anyway. Sorry. Anyway, so yeah. <laughs> um, it it looked like a bunch of just tiny, really thin corn stalks growing up. And we had people asking, hey, are you growing corn in your flower beds? We're like, nope. <laughs> Those are weeds. Yeah. But as they came up, then they sprouted with seed. But beforehand, it looked like corn. And as they produce the seed, what happens? The seed goes down and then it produces more weeds. But the the difference is the fruit. The fruit is automatic and it's there. The It said the, the plants came up and automatically started bearing fruit. So we go back to scripture. As we're looking at people, as, as we are called to judge fellow believers, not the yes. world, that is important because... Again, love believes all things if they're proclaiming Christianity, but you have to look at the fruit. If they have no fruit, they may not be a believer. And therefore, it is not your job to judge them. It is not your job to look at the fruits because they have none. Right. So, And and that's where I, I think it could get dangerous for us because if they're not a believer and you're judging them the way you're supposed to be judging a believer, you are falsely judging someone that is not your job. And so we need to be very cautious of that because scripture says it do not it is not our job to judge the world that's Correct. that's up to God. Correct. So I think that that is another part of it too yeah. for sure. Yeah. And and it's it is all about the, this calling out the false teachers and and calling out those who claim to be wheat and are leading people astray. That that's what this is. It is looking at the fruit of those who claim Christ. Not those who don't claim Christ. I do not expect a non-believer to act like a believer. Right. I do not expect someone who refuses to claim Christ and who outright rejects him to 
have the same values that I do. We talked about this last week with contraceptives. You know, I don't expect non-believers who are having sex outside of marriage as much as they want, as often as they want, I don't expect them to want to have kids. Right. Because that's not what they're doing it for. They're doing it to have fun. Yeah. Because it feels good. Right? It's something good to do. Right. And so, yeah, we don't expect them to have that biblical view of marriage and have that biblical understanding of life and of childhood and, and of what the purpose of sex actually is. Right. So when you are seeing these people making claims and you want to just run at them with, okay, are they claiming Christ? Yeah. If yes, okay, yes, we need to start speaking up. We need to say, look, this is not biblical. Here's right. why. And I and it's because I care about your soul. I don't want you to get to the throne room and you say, Lord, Lord, and he says, I never knew you. Yeah, depart from me. That's not for me to say whether you are or not. I'm not judging your salvation. Right. I am saying I because, don't want that for you. Because you are claiming your salvation, I want to make sure you've worked that out and right. that you are not going down this path. And it goes back to Cain and Abel, when Cain is like, am I my brother's keeper? Yes. Yes, you are. We are meant to be our fellow brother and sisters. What's the word? Confidant. I guess. Um, we're supposed to keep each other accountable. There you go. That is our job as brothers and sisters, to keep each other accountable. Even, yeah, say, take Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt is a professing believer. And I've, I've heard some really good stuff from him, but I've also heard some really, really off stuff from him. And kind of a side note, I've actually sent him some messages on, on Facebook, very lovingly, um, you know, more of the the Apostle Paul direction of, hey, I've seen these things in your life and they're, they're really good, but hey, here's this. Not, and it's like, I, I, I know that he will never read them, <laughs> but at least I, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Right. Again, I know he won't read them. It'd be cool if he did, but it is yeah. something. But it, going back to what we're reading. I, the, the, the part that we're getting to of, okay, the weeds are weeds, the wheat are wheat. And we see that in verse 29, but he said, or so we'll go verse 28. He said to them, an enemy has done this. So the servants said to him, then do you want us to go and gather them up? Talking about the weeds. The weeds. Yeah. But no, he, he said, no, lest in gathering the weeds, you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at harvest time I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them into bundles to be burned. So what we see is when the angels say, Do you want us to rip do you want us to uproot the weeds? For one, I get this mental picture of, you know, God say, uh no. Cause just imagine, we're all here on earth, and all of a sudden angels come down and rip people out. <laughs> And we're all just like, whoa, what? That, yeah, yeah because uh, as it said, it would uproot even the wheat. So that that would be uh, just a tremendous sight that would cause major damage. Right. But then what we see here is that the God doesn't say, no, don't uproot the weeds because they might become wheat later. It's no, don't uproot them because it'll uproot the wheat. Because at the end of the age... That w- those weeds are going to be burnt anyway, right? So that that's where Brad and I are coming at. Absolutely. We're like, we don't read this as God is saying, no, don't uproot them because they they one of them or two of them might will become wheat later. It's like no, it they're they're weeds right. and they they will be burnt at the end of the age. And and again, that goes into the soteriology of of salvation and and doc- the doctrine of salvation and how it comes about. And, right. and and that goes, again, into a conversation that we are going to have, but just not today. Yeah. Uh, it is a very meaty, very tough piece of meat to chew on when it comes to, to our analogy yeah. that we like to use of, of the meat of the word. Yeah. And we're going to get into that, but we're not going to do that today. We have our views. But, but I do want to caution you from reading it in a way of turning wheat into weeds. Or, or well, both, actually, because neither one... Are found in this passage. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Don't argue that from this passage. Right. This passage is saying that there are always going to be unbelievers among us. Yes. There are going to be unbelievers among us in the church. There are going to be unbelievers among us on in the pulpit, in the public square. There are going to be unbelievers in your family. Yeah. 
And that's just going to be the reality of the situation. Our job is to preach the truth in love and to look at the fruits of those who claim Christ and say, hey, maybe not. Right. Maybe this, maybe, maybe you need to look at this. And, yeah. and, and I'm saying this again out of love because despite what our disagreements are, I love you and I want you with me at the end of this. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of where I land. Yep. I, I hope that makes sense. When I go back and edit this, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I might be calling yeah. Austin on Monday and be like, hey, we need to re-record all of this because oh, it doesn't make sense. No, I'm oh, kidding. Goodness. I think we'll be fine. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so any other th- final thoughts before we wrap up? I think I'm good. Cool. I'm good. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, check us out on Facebook, Instagram. Follow us on those two platforms. Give us a like. Uh, give us some comments, some feedback, whatever. Yell at us. I don't care. Let us know what we got right, what we got wrong. Correct us. Rebuke us. Tell us we're amazing. Don't do that because we're not. But uh, <laughs> uh, I will say, give us a five-star review on Apple if you would. We did get another one. I do want to read it really fast. That's from oh. some friend of ours. We got a new review. Let me get to it. I was not prepared for this until just now. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Got a review that says it's a five-star review from uh, underscore Grimes. They say, these guys have such a deep knowledge of scripture and the content they discuss. It is great to hear them share truth while being relatable and humorous. I'm glad this is out here for us to listen to me. Blessed by. Thanks. So thank you guys for that review. That was very awesome. We really do appreciate that. By the way, go check out Grime Away if you have anything that needs cleaned in your house garage. Not a sponsor, but could be. We can plug them. Yeah, but for sure. But honestly, though, thank you guys. Uh, we really do appreciate that. Continue to give us some five stories. It does help us move the ch- move up the charts, which is something we are really actually going to start focusing on come September. Mm-hmm. We're going to start focusing on growing. That is that is my next step in this. I want to get t-shirts out. Is starting in September after I've graduated and after I take my vacation, we come back and we hit the pavement and we start growing this sucker and see where we can go with it. I have so many ideas. Austin oh, yeah. has ideas. We've oh, discussed yeah. a few of them. We haven't discussed all of them. So yeah. we're excited. So get the word out. Word of mouth is great. Just show us, hey, you know, listen to this podcast. My, my dad actually has been doing that, by the way. He has had oh, nice. so many. He calls me and goes, okay, so this guy's listening to this episode, and he has a question about that, and so we'll discuss it. Oh, wow. And it's really cool. Um, I have, you know, have a few stories for that, which is awesome. So get the word out there. Just share an episode. Be like, oh, hey, I see you asked this question here. They talked about this. Yeah. See what you think. Get us out there. That'd be cool. So anyway, we love you guys. Thank you all so much. We'll see you guys next week for episode 71. In the meantime, stay, stay rooted. rooted.